Well, it is Memorial Day weekend, and grateful that you have uh, chosen to spend some of that uh, holiday weekend here as we have gathered to to worship our God uh, together. You know, Memorial Day uh, is one of those uh, holidays that has lost perhaps some of its meaning through the years as the, the years come and different things uh, wait in. For, for a lot of folks, Memorial Day weekend is, is about uh, the start of summer. It's time to open up the pool. It's time for the fire up the grill. It's kind of the, uh, marked kind of the end of a school year, the start of summer, uh, a three-day weekend to travel, all of those, all of those things. And that's certainly a part of it as, as kind of we have evolved as a nation. But Memorial Day originally was certainly intended to be much, much more than that. And, and just thought it might be appropriate for us just to, to spend a little time thinking about th- that little more uh, today as we gather for worship. Memorial Day was actually originally called Decoration Day. It's a day of remembrance for those who have died in our nation's service. Many stories, theories about its actual beginnings. Over two dozen cities and towns in our country lay claim to being the birthplace of Memorial Day. Uh, We don't really know exactly which one it was. Uh, There's evidence that organized women's groups in the South were decorating graves before the end of the Civil War. A hymn published in 1867, Kneel Where Our Loves Are Sleeping by Nella L. Sweet, carried the dedication to the ladies of the South who were decorating the graves of the Confederate dead. Memorial Day was officially proclaimed on May the 5th, 1868 by General John Logan, National Commander of the Grand Army of the Republic in his General Order Number 11. It was first observed on May 30th, 1868 when flowers were placed on the graves of Union and Confederate soldiers at Arlington National Cemetery. The first state to officially recognize the holiday was New York in 1873. By 1890, it was recognized by all the northern states and now is celebrated on the last Monday of May across our nation. 1915, Mona Michael wrote a poem in Flanders Fields. Among the lines in that field were these words, We cherish too the poppy red that grows on fields where valor led. It seems to signal to the skies that blood of heroes never die. She then conceived the idea to wear red poppies on Memorial Day in honor of those who died serving the nation during the war. She was the first to wear one and sold poppies to her friends and co-workers with the money going to benefit servicemen in need. That's part of the history of Memorial Day in our nation. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we understand we kind of have a dual citizenship, if you will. We are uh, citizens of a country that we belong to in this world, but we're citizens of a kingdom, the kingdom of God, where we're citizens who belong to him. And and we kind of bring all of that uh, to a Memorial Day. And so I wanted to take just a little time this this, uh, Memorial Day weekend and just think with you about things to remember, things for us to remember on Memorial Day. And the first thing that it is certainly good for us to remember is to remember our freedom, 
to remember the, the unprecedented freedom that we enjoy in this nation. Most of us, uh, we've never known anything else, and so it's hard for us to conceive how radical the freedoms are that we enjoy over the scope of human history and even across the world today, that we have just such unprecedented freedom. And when we think about the freedoms that we have, we understand that with freedom comes great opportunity. And we are to be grateful, to be grateful. I mean, we have freedom of the press. We have freedom to come and to assemble and to worship like this. We have freedom to travel, freedom to pursue dreams, freedom to to do all sorts of things. And we have incredible, incredible freedom. And again, if you look at the scope of human history, most human beings have not had that level of freedom. That they have just not enjoyed it. Some couldn't have not have ever even conceived of it. And yet we can kind of just take it for granted, can't we? So as we think about this weekend and we think about the freedoms we enjoy, the opportunities that are inherent in it, and I know it's not a perfect world, and I know there are challenges, and I know there are things all of us get ticked off about and, and struggle with. We do. But in the midst of that, be grateful. Be grateful for the unprecedented freedoms that we enjoy. But with freedom, not only comes great opportunity, but comes great responsibility. Great responsibility. And with that is a calling to be wise. Be wise in how you steward, how you handle this unprecedented freedom. We have freedom as citizens of this country, but even more than that, as a follower of Christ, we have, we have freedom. We have freedom from the law. We don't have to earn God's favor. We We are accepted in Jesus Christ. We have freedom from sin. We no longer have to live under the dominion of sin. And that's some of the freedoms that Scripture talks about. But with that freedom goes responsibility. You, my brothers, were called to be free. And you're called to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. That there is a privilege, but there is a responsibility. Yes, you are called to freedom, but you use that freedom as an opportunity, not for the flesh, but for serving, for loving others. That theme is picked up by Peter. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Peter's counsel is, you've been set free. And they didn't have the freedoms that we have, certainly, living under the the rule that they lived under. But he knew the freedom we have in Christ, freedom from the law, freedom from the dominion of sin. He said, but with that, with that is not an opportunity for the flesh. It's not just about my comfort or my convenience, but it's an opportunity to serve God. It's an opportunity to love and to serve other people. With that unprecedented freedom goes awesome responsibility. The Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. Much is required. 
And, and I get it. I get it. We live in an age where, you know, sometimes we, we can look at the news and get discouraged or we can, can see there seems to be encroachments on religious liberty. And some of you are in work environments where sometimes maybe it just even feels somewhat oppressive to be a, a follower of Christ. But, but even as we compare that, as we step back and, and think about that against the backdrop of, of the world stage, we have such unprecedented freedoms. I mean, I didn't get as much play as, as the attack in Manchester this week, but there in Egypt, and, and some of our church family has, has family connections in Egypt, and it's so dear to them. But there's this busload of Coptic Christians attacked. I mean, it's just blown up on their way to worship. That's not something most of us worried about this morning. It's a freedom that we basically take for granted. But to whom much is given, much is required. And so on Memorial Day, I think it's appropriate for us to celebrate our freedoms. Thank you, God, for these freedoms that we enjoy. But, but God also to realize, wait a minute, you didn't give these to me just for me. You didn't give these just so I could like eat a fatter hamburger at the cookout or whatever. But it's, it, yeah, there, there's more to it than that. And yes, every good and perfect gift comes from your hand. And enjoy that hot dog or enjoy that hamburger or whatever it may be along the way. But, but to say, God, how do you want me to steward this unprecedented freedom? How do I handle well the freedom and the opportunities that go with it? And so as we think about Memorial Day weekend, as we think about Memorial Day, let us remember our freedom, the opportunity, and the responsibility that go with it. But we can't really think about our freedoms without also remembering our soldiers, right? We remember our soldiers, and that certainly is kind of the genesis uh, in many ways of, of Memorial Day here in our nation. And we can remember at least a couple things. We can remember their service. We can remember their service, their service to our country, their service to all of us. Again, serving is one of those, those values that was lifted up by Jesus. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We, we remember uh, their service. And one of the things we just wanted to do as part of this Memorial Day uh, worship is just to take a moment and just to, and say thank you uh, to the men and women who served. And we did this in an earlier service, and so I want to do that in this service as well. If you're uh, seated here this morning and you served in any branches uh, of our armed services in this country, we would like to take a moment today and just say thank you for your service. Would you men and women just stand right now? Just stand, if you would, all over there. Thank you. Keep standing there for just a moment. We do want to lay eyes on you and say thank you. Thank you. Thank you to these men and women. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll let you be seated. Thank you for serving God and serving us. Uh, thank you for your service that helped to secure uh, the, the freedoms that we, we have. And uh, there's something I came across a few years ago. I've shared it uh, in settings like these and even online. Let me just share it with you again. It's the soldier, not the reporter, who has given us freedom of the press. It's the soldier, not the poet, who has given us freedom of speech. 
It is the soldier, not the campus organizer, who has given us the freedom to demonstrate. It is the soldier who salutes the flag, who serves beneath the flag, whose coffin is draped by the flag, who allows the protester to burn the flag. We remember our soldiers. We remember their service. But Memorial Day was actually not just about service, but it was about sacrifice. We remember their sacrifice. We remember men and women who died so that we might enjoy these unprecedented freedoms. And there are thousands upon thousands of those stories. And and you perhaps know some of them. Some of you have family stories that are very personal. Uh, Maybe a a parent or a grandparent or uncle or aunt or something along the way who, who lost their life in serving our country. Let me just give you three quick examples just to help us to remember uh, their service. You know, Scripture says there, there's no greater love uh, than someone lay down his life for his friends. And we're going to come back to this Scripture here in just a moment. Soldiers like Captain Joshua Byers, a West Point man born right here in South Carolina who died in Iraq. He was the son of missionaries, and he was given command of a 120-man combat unit. He wrote this to his parents, I will give the men everything I have to give. I love them already just because they're mine. I pray with all my heart that I will be able to take every single one of them home safe when we finish our mission here. Oh, that was his prayer. That was not his personal experience. This South Carolina, West Point, son of missionaries who gave his life defending our freedom. Master Sergeant Kelly Hornbeck, Special Forces, who was killed in action south of Samara. He wrote this to his parents back in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm not afraid, and neither should either of you be, for I trust in my God and my training. Two powerful forces that cannot be fully measured. Someone who was willing to give his life for our freedoms. One more. May 26, 2003, the President of the United States was closing his address to those who were listening in Arlington, Virginia, with the true story of Army Ranger Captain Russell Ripto who was laid to rest there in Arlington. He shared how valiantly he gave his life and served with distinction for the purpose of Operation Iraqi Freedom. He had earned the Bronze Star and the Purple Heart. At Russell's funeral, his father, Lieutenant Colonel Joe Ripto, gave a farewell salute at the grave of his only son. During that farewell, he read what was engraved on his son's dog tags, words from the book of Joshua, that gave this grieving father comfort. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee. We remember men and women who stepped out in courage. Many of them followers of Christ Jesus, many of them sons, daughters, Moms, dads, 
brothers, sisters, who gave their lives so that you and I could assemble in freedom here, that we could enjoy the unprecedented opportunities we enjoy, so that we could steward the well, the responsibilities that we have that goes with that freedom. And so appropriately, we remember our freedoms. We remember the soldiers who served and who sacrificed to secure those freedoms. But as citizens not only of this nation, but citizens of the kingdom of God, it would serve us well to remember our God, to make sure that uh, this weekend, as well as hopefully every weekend, but all the days of our lives, we remember our God. What God's word reminds us of is that there is a, that there is a subtle danger in prosperity. There's a subtle danger in opportunity and freedom. And one of the the, the dangers of that is that somewhere along the way, we may forget our God. Um, God, through Moses, warned the Hebrew people of this. There's going to come this time when you're going to occupy this land of abundance. And do we not live in a land of abundance? And he said, when you do, be careful. Be careful that you don't forget your God. Look at some of these words. And you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good homes and live in them, when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up, and you forget Get the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. One of the things that, that sin does and its distortion is sin can sometimes twist us into an unhealthy pride, a, a pride that separates us from God, separates us from other people. It, it can distort in us a, a spirit of, of independence, not independence from foreign tyranny, but independence from the rightful rule and reign of God in our lives. And so in the midst of prosperity that was going to come their way, Moses uh, warned the Hebrew people, be careful, pay attention, because there's going to be a tendency, there's going to be a a slippage along the way that the more you have, the the more abundance you enjoy, that that sometimes you begin to get a little puffed up, lifted up were the words there in Deuteronomy. And it can can distort into an unhealthy pride, a, an independence that, 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 that somehow feels like, I, I did this, I did this. And so as we remember our God, we remember that we exist by his power. We exist by his grace and by his power. In Acts 17, Paul was uh, in Athens, and he was, as he was there, he was, he was noticing uh, uh, certainly all the abundance and all that they had, but he was noticing all their, uh, their distortions of worship along the way, and he wanted to point them to the one true God. And he reminded them that we exist by his grace and his power. Look at his words to the Athenians. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us, for in him we live 
and move and have our being. Even as some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Back to that uh, Deuteronomy uh, 8th chapter. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Remember, remember your God. Remember the one who gives you that capacity, who gives you that empowerment, that we exist by his grace. We exist by his creating power by his sustaining power. The freedoms we have are by his grace. The, the, the capacities, the abilities, the talents, the skills we have are by his grace. That's not to deny that you worked hard and worked smart and honed those and developed those, but to recognize that I did all of that in dependence upon God by his enabling grace and his enabling power. Max Licato told a story a number of years ago. It was, it was of a family gathering, and, and they were having a good time. And he had a little nephew that was there. And some of them were out shooting some hoops, you know. They had a little driveway uh, basketball, right? And, of course, this little fellow wanted to be a part of it, but he, he, he had that big old ball. And, he, I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't get it anywhere near that, that 10-foot hoop, right? And so Uncle Max to the rescue, right? Uh, Uncle Max sees his struggle, and he kind of scoops him up. He has the ball in his hand, little little nephew, and he, he scoops him up, and then he, he, he lifts him up high, you know, supporting him. So he's right there at the rim, right? And he kind of does, you know, his best best LeBron invitation, you know, kind of slam dunks it there, right? Puts it in. And he puts him back down on the ground, and the little boy starts a little dance, a little celebration. All by myself, all by myself. I did it, I did it, I did it, I did it all by myself. And the Lakato say, I'm looking at this kid and saying, what do you mean all by yourself, right? I mean, you couldn't get anywhere near the hoop all by yourself. It is not until I picked you up and I lifted you up there and I carried you over in position and he's just going on and on about the arrogance of this little guy all by myself, all by myself. He said, in those moments, God just pierced his heart. He said, oh, Max, how many times have you said, all by myself, all by myself, when it was by his power and by his grace that as surely as he lifted up his little nephew, the God of the universe who is our creator and sustainer, the one who enables and empowers has lifted us up. We exist by his power. It is appropriate as citizens not only of this nation, but citizens of the kingdom of God to remember our God, that we exist by his power and we exist for his glory. We don't exist for ourselves. It's not about us. It's not about our, our comfort and convenience. It is, it is about the fact that we were created by God and we exist by his power and for his glory. Through the prophet Ezekiel, God spoke, and I will set my glory among the nations and all the nations shall see my judgment that I have executed in my hand that I have laid on them. God is, God is in, the, in the process 
process of, of establishing and setting his glory among the nations. And it is, gonna, it is going to come true, certainly in, in a very powerful way in, in the end. But even now, God is setting his glory among the nations. And one of the reasons I'm convinced that we have the unprecedented freedoms and with that the unprecedented opportunities and responsibilities is that God wants to set his glory not only in this nation but among the nations and God wants to to use us as as instruments in his hands to set his glory among the nations and so Paul would write to the Corinthians so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do all to the glory of of God, that, that all that we do, as we eat, we drink, the, the homes we live in, the relationships we have, the, the work that we pursue, the, the, the hobbies we have, whatever it is, that God, I want you to be honored in this. I want you to be glorified in this, God. I exist by your power, by your grace, and I exist for your glory. This nation exists by his grace and by his power and for his glory. Yes, he has used many people through history to help secure those freedoms, but it is always by God's power, and it is always for his glory. That is why we exist. And so this Memorial Day weekend, I'm going to encourage you, remember, remember your freedoms. Remember them as as a gift from God. Remember with gratitude the opportunities and pray for wisdom to steward well the responsibilities. I hope that you'll take some time to remember the soldiers who have served and particularly those soldiers and families who have sacrificed to help secure those freedoms. But I hope that you'll remember your God that you exist by his power and his grace and that you exist for his glory. John 15, I said we would circle back to that. Jesus was preparing his followers for his crucifixion was, was quickly approaching. In that 13th verse that we read earlier, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. We think about those who have given their lives as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We have to think about the one who gave his life. That we remember Jesus Christ. Jesus who came, gave up the glories of heaven. That in itself is mind-boggling. To come into this sin-scarred world. Not, not in, a, in a place of, of privilege, but a, a place really of, of, of struggle, of just ordinariness. And he lived the life that you and I were called to live, a life of perfect love and perfect obedience toward his heavenly Father. And then he, because of that great love, he he died the death that I deserve, that you deserve because of our rebellion, because of our sin, because of choosing our pride and our independence over love and obedience to God. And Jesus Christ went to the cross to die the death that I should have died so that he could pay for my sin and yours, so that he could offer to us forgiveness, freedom from the dominion of sin. He could offer to us uh, the empowerment in the present. He could offer to us an eternity secured with the Heavenly Father. And He offers all of that because of His love. 
And as we remember this Memorial Day, I want you to remember, I want you to remember Jesus Christ, crucified, dead, and buried, but resurrected on the third day. Jesus Christ, who loved you enough to live for you and to die for you. That Jesus Christ who invites you today, if you've never come to him, to come. To come in repentance and come in faith. Come not trusting in morality or religion, but trusting in the completed work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Trusting that what he did is more than sufficient to provide forgiveness for your sin, empowerment of your life, and a secure eternity with the Father. Turning from sin, turning from self, and turning in trust and faith in Jesus Christ. Receiving him as Savior and surrendering to him as Lord. That is the way to honor and to remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so on this Memorial Day weekend, I can't think of a better thing to remember than the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And here's my hope and prayer for you, wherever this day finds you, that if there's any question about where you stand with Jesus Christ, any uncertainty about your relationship with the Heavenly Father, that today would be the day of salvation. Today would be the day that you turn from trusting in self and turn and place your faith in Christ and Christ alone. Today would be the day that you remember what Jesus Christ did for you and that you would receive him personally. In fact, is I'm just going to ask you today, if you have any question about that, before you leave this room, that you'll make your way to a connect room in just a few moments in the back of our worship space. There's going to be some folks there that are just going to be available to you. They'll be glad to answer questions. They'll be glad to take God's word and show you how you can become a follower of Christ, how you can be forgiven of the sin of your past. You can be empowered to live for him in the present, how your future can be secure forever with him by his grace. Don't leave this room without knowing Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And if you know him today, then I'm just going to encourage you today to say, Lord Jesus, how do I live with this unprecedented freedom in a way that recognizes you, that honors you, and that brings you glory? Would you allow me just to pray for you today? Let's pray together. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you for what you have done for us in such incredible abundance. Father, thank you for the unprecedented freedoms that we enjoy. Thank you, Father, for the opportunities that are inherent in that, opportunities that uh, have been unheard of throughout most of human history. Father, thank you that you not only have given us opportunity, but you have entrusted us with real responsibility. And I pray, Father, that even today, for everyone who names your name, that we would understand that what we do with our one and only life matters, and that we would steward well these unprecedented freedoms. Father, we do thank you for the men and women who have served, and those particularly who have given their lives in service to this country. And Father, we pray, particularly even for their families today, would you comfort them? Would you encourage them? Would you remind them that what their loved one did was not for naught, that it is noticed by you, It is honored by you and by this nation. Father, I pray today, particularly for some that may not know the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that today would be the day that they understand the one who loved them enough 
to give his life for them. Father, I pray that today they would respond to the sacrificial death of Christ, crying out for Jesus to be their Savior, surrendering to him as their rightful leader and Lord. Lord, let today be the day of salvation. Father, I pray for every one of us in this room who name the name of Jesus Christ as our Savior, as our Lord. Lord, today, would you just, in this holiday period, just remind us of the opportunity to live by your grace and your power and for your glory. Would you just show us how to use the unprecedented freedoms we have in a way that would glorify you, that would further your kingdom's agenda in our lives, in our families, in our nation, and in this world. And as you just take these last few moments to sit before the Lord.